Uh, Are we ready? I think we're ready, Ted. Dude, the day has been a whirlwind. We're starting so late. There's been a total it, whirlwind. It's worth the wait. Yeah, it will be. I got a feeling this is going to be worth the wait. <laughs> so uh, let's see what happens when we do this. Welcome to the Exeter Underground, the weekly news and opinion forum for the people of Exeter, about the people of Exeter, and by the people of Exeter, keeping you up to date on all the happenings of our town with analysis that you just can't find anywhere else. You're entering the Underground. Now here are your hosts, Jerry Gelliff and Ted Gardella. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to episode number 10 of the Exeter Underground. I'm Jerry Gelliff. He is... Ted Gardella. Better late than never. Yeah. But, but Ted, as I said in the, our abbreviated intro there, um, what a day. Yeah. What a day. Well, let's tell everybody why we're late, because Gelliff Sports Media was covering the Exeter baseball game, went into extra innings. Yep. But the Eagles yep. pulled out an impressive victory. Yeah, Ted. So, so the way that it went was, uh, we were going to be late anyway. We were right. starting at eight, right? Uh, because of this game, and it goes into extra innings, and so Exeter uh, scored three in the top of the first, and then Mifflin scores six, and and I mean, you know, they look completely deflated, mm-hmm. but they come back and they got a couple more, and then. They, uh, Mifflin scored three more and then one more and it's like 10, nine to five or something. And you just feel like it's over. Exeter comes up top of the ninth, top of the seventh rather, scores three to tie it. Wow. And then six in the top of the ninth and then shut them down. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it was an impressive victory. Great for them. So that is really why we're running a little bit late, but it will be worth it. Um, I think I'll do my... Do the disclaimer. Um, Even though we're a little bit late, it's still a fact that this is an opinion show. These are the opinions of Jerry Gelliff and Ted Gardella and nothing more. Now, you you may build a lot more into it. Maybe you're that type of person who listens to something and then blows it all out of proportion. This is an opinion show. We're having fun. We hope that you're listening or downloading and we hope that you're having fun too. Um, but if you're not, you know, eventually we'll have a call-in segment. Maybe not tonight because we're on late. But eventually we'll have a call-in segment. And if you have the guts, you can call in and rage at us. But until that time, you'll just have to shake your <laughs> fist at the wall. <laughs> so it, we had a uh, quite the eventful week here in Exeter, yes. did we not? Yes, we did. It started with the uh, the oddly scheduled Exeter supervisor meeting last week. Right. So three of the supervisors, oddly enough, apparently Carl went to this thing, even though he wasn't a supervisor anymore. Right. The uh, PSATS conference. Right. In Harrisburg. And it's it's a conference for, you know, township, you know, supervisors, boards, officials. It's for them to learn, you know, different techniques and practices that are going to make them better at what they do, better at running a township or a city or a municipality. So very worthwhile professional development. Just just make them better thieves. I, did I say that out loud? Wait a minute. 
So anyway, uh, so they were at that in the early part of the week. So they, they had the regular scheduled meeting on Thursday right. instead of Monday. And uh, at that, a bunch of things happened. And not the least of which, let's let's get this pulled up. Uh, they, they, of course, had to pick a new chair and a new vice chair right. because there's only three supervisors right now. And, and as I explained, everything has to be a unanimous vote because they're still operating as if they are a board of five, even right. though there are no, no longer five people. So they have to have unanimous votes, 3-0 votes on anything to get it passed. Right. And, and I even took a second, like, like my thing was that, that the way George explained it, cause at the time George was the VC, George Bell. Right. And he explained it in a way that sounded to me like until we elect, until we accept their resignations, everything's got to be unanimous. But then once we accept them, right, that's what the, the implication was, but that's not true. Right, that's not the way it they went. They still have they, to operate as a board of five. Yes, they had to operate as though there's five of them, whether there's five of them or not. So there was a, a couple of votes that failed because somebody just didn't want something. Well, it's and, like the invisible runner on first base, you know? Yeah, right. It's two <laughs> invisible supervisors who are just shaking their heads no at everything. But they don't matter. Right, well. So we got a new chair in George Bell and a new vice chair in Dave Hughes. Which I'm sure shocked... All of the boo birds out there who were fully oh. expecting David Hughes to nominate himself and bully his way into the chair. Yeah. But may, I think they I think they made a very good decision in uh, putting George in there. Uh, he's done a good job on the two meetings I've watched so far, uh, and I think uh, I think that was the right way to go, especially with you know all of the usual suspects waiting out there. Oh, to yeah. be able to unleash their fury on Nextdoor and Facebook and yeah. other various blogs. You know, I um, I, I, I was toying with the idea of doing a, a whole other reading these threads and doing the baby crying again. But I said, nah, one time's enough. And a couple of people said to me, you know, by the time you got to the end of it, the baby crying thing was really annoying to piss at me. <laughs> so, so I decided against it. But I, I just, it, it just felt good to go back to it that well. It is so much fun. And like, you know, there are times when I'm, you know, just kind of scrolling and I'm, I'm reading these people and I'm going, my God, you people are angry. But you never yeah. show up anywhere. You're just angry at your keyboard. I imagine they must. There's a few people who I think they must wear out a keyboard a week. They go typing so darn hard. Oh, you! I'm gonna type really hard here and make my opinions known and use lots of exclamation points. It's and capital letters. That's right. But do they come to meetings? No. No. Do they speak up at public comment? No. No. Are they out there trying to do? Something else to inform the community? No. No. They just think being on Nextdoor and Facebook is enough to make them social warriors for yeah. Exeter. Yeah. Hey, folks, Social justice warriors. Folks, Absolutely. get out from behind your keyboard, take a deep breath, and engage. Yeah, get involved. Do something. Right. Nominate yourself. Volunteer. If you think that you've got better ideas, then let's hear them. But don't sit there on Nextdoor and Facebook or other blogs and think anybody except for all of your butt-kissing friends are reading your crap. Because they're not. 
You know, that's what it is. People are just looking for confirmation that they're smart and they're right. right. Affirmation is what they're looking for. And, yeah. And they get it from the same people over and over again. And they yeah. think that's, you know, oh, there's proof that I know what I'm talking about. The same three people agree with me every single time I post. My favorite posts on local things are when, uh, you, you know, it almost happened with the the school board meeting this week. Okay, because on, on the Exeter Examiner Facebook page, I kept saying to people, run for school board. Right. You're this pissed, run for school board. And of course, everybody's got an excuse. But right. my favorite one is when somebody, and it's usually a woman, no shot against women, but it's usually a woman who goes, I don't want, uh, boy, somebody's got to get in there and straighten things out. And you go, then run. Oh, they don't want me. I'll tell them the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, make that excuse. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it and it, what's even more interesting though, you know, we did not go to the meeting uh, this week and, and there were lots of reasons why. Um, but I know that you went and I think you said there were, there were four people, including two people who, you know, do their own blogs. Yes. So what happened for me was I have the brain fart and I show up at seven. The meeting started at six. Right. Right. Okay. Cause it's a cow meeting. Yeah. It's a cow meeting. Cow denotes early for some reason. So I get there and there's two women. I think one of them was a teacher for some reason, uh, because of things that were being said and me and Japina told me, like, like I texted him. I was like, I thought you were going to be here. And he, he said, I was, but I had to go take care of something. So four people showed up for this meeting. And this was a <clears> huge <throat> meeting where they talked about hiking taxes. They talked and about people the didn't friggin' they, show up. Mm-hmm. And they talked about, you know, uh, well, no, it was the previous meeting where they talked about, they, they, they did the quote unquote presentation on the, uh, comprehensive plan which is uh, incomprehensible so so disgusting i can't i mean it's so uninformed by research i can't even begin you know 30 some years in in, almost 40 years in education and, and to have to sit there and listen to that is just so painful yeah yeah i hear you but yeah they talked about uh they talked about all the things they normally talk about they place blame everywhere but on their own shoulders yeah and uh yeah you know so it's there's a lot to unpack but all of these keyboard warriors we don't see you anywhere no it's it's the absolute truth and and you know uh maybe i'll do my last word right now and say like for all of you people who take that attitude of oh they don't want me i'll tell them the way it is boy i'll straighten it out Shut up. Nobody wants to hear you pontificate and do nothing. There are people who actually want to get involved. And they do. I don't agree with nearly anything that our school board does. But they're there. They've put themselves out there. Right. They ran a campaign and... Most of them are fulfilling their, you know, term of office. There are some who quit. Yeah. For various reasons. But it's the point is whether or not I agree with them, I do respect the fact that these people have stepped up to the plate. Well, and you've been there, uh, you know. Um, 
but I, I agree with you. It's 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 frustrating to see all these people with all of their solutions, but they're just sitting back there and and they're just typing. Like I said, yeah. I I think either their letters are wiped out on their keyboard, or you know some of the keys have been broken off, or whatever. But they're just they're so angry, and it's it's hilarious, especially the people who who make their reputation on, well, I served on that board in such and such and such and such. And, and, uh, so I really know. And, and it's like, okay, but you're not there now. And there are changing, um, issues that are hitting this community. Uh, you weren't on, you weren't on the board during a pandemic. So, you know, right. Right. Give it a rest. Yeah. Give it a rest. So that's, or, or keep going because you are providing so much comedy for so many people <laughs> you're giving us all a great chuckle. right right so let let's do the supervisors first okay okay so we've got uh some some clips from the second this was the second so this was the budget review meeting yes. which i understand this is new for them they haven't they they haven't done quarterly budget reviews right. um and so it this is a new process but the the amount of transparency that's coming out of this is quite remarkable. And I encourage everyone to go on to the website and grab the two PowerPoints because they are illuminating. Yeah. Uh, when you look at how far off the financial projections are. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it's absolute and utter insanity. So where do we want to start here? Let me see. How about if we start with that uh, finance director, Jennifer Savage, told us that um, the golf course had a really good year, okay? So what was the net operating income? You don't show that here. It was about $100,000. $500,000? $100,000. 100000 And... Uh, You've worked with the CPA on this stuff. Uh, do you happen to know what the uh, cash flow statement says? No. Not off the top of my head, no. There's depreciation here, but the $400,000 depreciation is primarily the building, which is not in this fund. The depreciation is not a cash expense, but... Uh, I'm saying there's... Huh? I so she's trying to have it one way, and when he calls her on it, she goes, well, I'm just trying to say that. Well... And so I, I know there are more clips to go, and, and so I want to give a little bit of a preview to what the ultimate conclusion is. Mm -hmm. Because again, if you look at this financial document, I mean, beyond the fact that it's a travesty that we cannot adequately forecast insurance costs, um, but you're going to see a number of line items for the Reading Country Club that are not in the Reading Country Club fund. Right. They're in... Uh, public works. They're in yep. administration. And so all of these things, though, when you want, when you want to say that, like, like the golfers want to say, oh, well, the golf course makes money. It's just because the country club is closed. That's the only reason we're not making money. No. It's no, not it's true. not. It's not true. And if you, if you put together all of the revenue and then you add up all of the expenses that should be charged against the Reading Country Club, because that's what it's labeled in the various funds. Here's money we spend on the Reading Country Club. I went through and went through all expenses and took a look at all revenue. And before we even begin to talk about the debt service yep. on the Reading Country Club, 
in the year where they had a very good year in golf operations, yep. it's $500,000 loss. A $500,000 loss before you lop the 700000 Before you throw in the debt service. So when I was telling people it lost a minimum of a million, I was not wrong. See no, that? You were you were absolutely right. And it, it's But what it takes is this kind of quarterly review document so that you can see all of the other line items yep. that should be expensed to the RCC. So see, these golfers have this report where it says, oh, here's the revenue. Uh, revenue over these expenses, it looks like we were 100000 to the good. Not if you look at those other line items, boys and girls. It's nope. 500000 to the negative. Now, let's all acknowledge the country club building is not open for event spaces or as a restaurant. Right. But in order for that building to clear a half a million dollars, just so that the entire thing is break even, understand me, if the Reading Country Club was open as a restaurant and as an event space, they would have to have made $500,000 just to get to break even. That's between the golf operations, the restaurant, and the event space. Do you really think we're going to clear $500,000? What, what's the industry average in order to make $500,000 in revenue beyond expenses what kind of what kind of money would you have to pull in? The average restaurant makes between three and five percent profit. Mm. Average restaurant in America. So you're looking at ten million dollars for them to make five hundred thousand. And do you think that the Reading Country Club is anywhere near going to pull in ten million in revenue? There is it's, no way. It's a fantasy, just like your ability to play golf. It's a fantasy, gentlemen and ladies. You're out there thinking, oh. I'm getting better and better. I've got a 19 handicap. Last year I had a 21 handicap. I'm really getting a lot better. That's a fantasy. <laughs> Just like the idea that the Reading Country Club is a moneymaker in any sense of the word. That is a very far off fantasy. It absolutely is. So now here is the reason why the golfers have been able to uh, tout these ridiculous fantasies. Right. Okay. Uh, here's a clip from the meeting. Is that, um, uh, that's the RCC maintenance? Yes. Okay. Um, basically, it's just RCC is uh, the projects that we required with uh, the staff that we anticipated and made brain, uh, bridge repair, that kind of thing. So that wasn't counted? Nope. Okay. Uh I think you guys so, did your removal last so year. your department, which is the government side, mm -hmm. does charge your no. work to no the Reading Country Club. This is the general. Oh no, we don't charge that work to the Reading Country Club. We charge it to the general fund, right? So that it's hidden from the golf report. You never see that in the golf report, exactly, because those are in the other funds. Yep, general fund. I understand that, but it's Reading Country Club. It's a this is a this is a program inside of the general fund. The Reading Country Club, as you're referencing as a proprietary fund, is a completely separate fund. I love it when Dave gets exasperated with her. And he goes, <laughs> "Well, he's just, no." I think he's laughing. It's like, yeah, how can you divorce expenses? Just because the Reading Country Club has its own golf operations fund, so you're operating in this little bubble where you have just the golf revenue 
from the rounds and the golf carts and just the revenue from the snack shack and the yep. pro shop. And you're acting as if that's divorced from everything else. Yeah. So you can't, oh, well, we can't charge the maintenance to that. Why can't you? It's it's being done for the Reading Country. It's being done for the golf course. That's why it's being done. That bridge was not inside the country club building. That nope. bridge was on the course. That's right. So that uh, I had to boost your voice a lot. You and Dave Vollmer were were throwing questions and comments up at them. These are township employees. We could we could invoice the country club for that. In the past, there's not been enough money there to invoice to repay the general fund. That would be a board decision if we wanted to invoice the you know what I mean the RCC for these costs, but. That would be a board decision. You would have to tell me to do that. Right. Golfers, are you listening to this? Are, are you listening and hearing what she is saying? We do not charge these things, even though it would be appropriate to do so. We don't invoice because there's not enough money there to cover all of this. That's right. Number one. And number two, the supervisors, the past supervisors, and we're going to Friggin' call out names, and I almost cursed badly there. Uh, Galtier, Staub, and Spies directed her not to count those things towards the golf course. Are those three gentlemen golfers? They, they are. Were they members of the RCC? Two of them were. Oh my goodness. And and the third one played every friggin' tournament that popped up at the Reading Country Club. Gosh, golly gee. Uh, you know, so there might be a conflict of interest there that they wanted to keep their little playground safe and, and, and sound and, and make it look like oh oh it's it's making it's making money. It's making money. It's making all kinds of money. What are you talking about? This is not a welfare hotel. How dare you accuse me of that? $500,000 before we talk about debt service. (laughs) Township employees that are performing the work. Most organizations, most governments don't, townships don't break down their financials into the detail that we do into these. That is absolutely not not true. true. (laughs) Programs. They just put public works in one category for their wages. We break. That is so untrue. They they absolutely put it towards the proper accounts. That's right. Otherwise, for some reason, you could get in trouble. I, I like. I don't understand how this stuff just skates. And we wanted. Just don't have a golf course. That's okay. Agreed, but they also have Another other things. Right, so my only question is, yeah, with this external chart, mm-hmm. and really, when, when people talk about the Reading Country Club generating revenue, we're not taking these expenses into account. Correct. Correct, and we. Correct. We're not taking these into account. Correct. That's right. And she says, at a certain, I don't know if it's in this clip. It's or coming. Okay. Saying that for years. Yes. And, and actually. I've been saying that for years. No, you have not been saying that it loses money for years. You have not been saying that. I've been saying it. Ted's been saying it. Many other people in Exeter have been saying it, but you have not been saying that for years. Well, to, in, in a little bit of defense for her. She was working for a board that did not want her to say that because they wanted to continue their deep fantasy about their little country club where their names are on a bunch of plaques on the walls. Here is my point ultimately, though. 
Ultimately, she is the financial authority. If they tell her to do something that is against accounting principles, it is her job to say, I will not do that because that is not the way accounting happens. But I think what she's saying is there's general accounting principles, but there's also board direction. There's board policy. And you've got to balance those two. Board policy in the past was telling her, put all this stuff in other funds because we want to make, we, we want just the golf operations there. So it's nice and clean, Jen. I, I, I would say that if she was given the right direction and it was pointed out that these are generally accepted accounting principles, I think she would follow through. But I believe that what she's saying is true. It was board policy, and I was directed to put these things in these funds. These these expenses should be invoiced to the Reading Country Club. In fact, I've read the minutes. Change. I've read the minutes where that would be a policy change. Exactly. They have said that uh, the club owed them money. In fact, they they I think they transferred over two million dollars for money that the country club owed the government. Our, that was our a gov- temporary loan that was separate. Well, that's the thing. So this, uh, there's no reason why you can't come back and say, well, our guys on the government side worked on the Reading Country Club and they have to pay for it. That, that's how we know how much it really costs us to operate the Reading Country Club. And we as a quorum could do that. That would be a policy change. That would change. Be a policy it would need change. to be done. That, that is not how, the, how would it, we have operated in the past. But someone somewhere authorized a quote-unquote loan of $2 million to the – Golfers, are you listening? Are you listening to this? There was an authorized loan, a temporary loan, of $2 million so that there would be enough money to actually run the country club. Are you listening, golfers? You have been subsidized for many years. And if we continue to operate this way, if we don't enact the policy change, we are never going to see that this thing is a huge money pit. And you will continue to get your welfare. So just to reiterate what she said. I've read the minutes. I've read the minutes. I've read the minutes. I've read the minutes. That would be a policy change. But she's. But here's the thing, Jerry. And She's really giving them the answer. The answer is, you guys get a quorum? You make a policy change, and I will follow your policy. I have been following the policy that was set for me by previous boards, and you have not changed it yet. And they haven't, because they've been working on so many other things. So once that policy change gets enacted, though, we're going to be able to really see what the golf course costs the township. doesn't make any money, friends and neighbors. It costs us every single year. And there's this, too. That would be a policy be change a policy that would change need to be done. That, that is not how the how would yeah. it, we have operated in the past. That would be a policy be a change policy that would need to be done. That, that is not how the how would yeah. it, we have operated in the past. Not how we have operated in the past. We have not operated in the past in a way that is fiscally responsible. She just said it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give her a little bit of cover. She's what she's saying is this was the direction that I was told. To work in. It was fiscally responsible for that board because that's the way they wanted it. We can all disagree with that because we want transparency and honesty. We want to know where these budget where these dollars are going. We want to know why 
after selling a water treatment plant for over $90 million a couple of years ago, we want to know why we're down to $43 million now. And we're going to have to act to protect what's left of that. So we've burned through $50 million. Literally $50 million. In, in, a, in a township where the overall budget is twelve. Yeah. We spent four times the overall budget. On now, what? Now, some, you know, we've pre-funded pensions. Which I, if I you, remember right. You can right, agree or disagree with that. Do. You know, it's, it's, but it's, it's there. We also had to settle some lawsuits. We had to settle the Viva lawsuit. We had to buy the promenade for whatever reason. Oh, but remember, they called in that $7 million CD to pay the Viva lawsuit. Right, right. And for the promenade. So, I mean, there's a lot of money. We don't know where it went. So these quarterly budget reviews, they're absolutely essential to getting towards transparency. Yep. People are misinterpreting the call for transparency that, you know, oh, uh, you know, uh, he needs to be more transparent about what he did on the steps. Uh, no. We're getting Financial to that. transparency We're gonna get to that. is, is it's going to take us a long time. If you had taken the time to go to this quarterly review meeting, if you would look through this budget document that we have right here, if you would have sat through the police presentation, you would be saying, well, we got, we got a lot of fixing to do. We got right. a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed. When you cannot adequately forecast insurance expenses for a fixed number of employees, you're in trouble. Oh yeah, absolutely, and it's it it's absolutely insane to me that anybody, when, and and it could be so self serving, to say oh that golf course doesn't lose money because they're doing it for themselves to make their lives better. Ted, I don't have it in me to do that. If I was a golfer, I would look at that and go. This goddamn thing loses money. We need to shut it down. It's not fair to the other 25,500 people in this town to do this to them. It is not fair. They are inherently unfair. They don't give a shit about their fellow citizens. Well, they, uh, they believe they do. They believe that the golf course is the gem of Exeter Township. And, and they believe that because they get to go and play on it. And yep. it's their own personal little playground. So I think that days uh, of that are numbered because I, I think we have more quarterly budget reviews to go through. And if they are as damaging as this one was, yep. not only to the golf course, it's damaging to see the the really the lack of controls on spending. Uh, and I think this is one of the things that, that Dave Hughes regularly talks about, like, how can we go over budget in so many line items without the board being notified? Yeah. Did, 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 did the previous board who was in charge, did they know that there are all these line items where they're at 190%, 170%? Dude, they didn't care. They didn't care because they would just tell her, all right, yeah, well, figure out what we need and we'll just take it we'll out just, of reserves. We'll just dip into the reserves. We'll just take it out of the reserves because... You don't understand. I've got a golf game. It's you like, don't understand. I've got an appointment for a golf game. I can't be bothered with this piddly little crap. It's like those early lottery winners who who won like, you know, $10 million and then three years later they're broke. That's the best. You know, it's like, that's exact, but that's exactly where Exeter Township is headed. You had 93 
million dollars after you sold the water treatment plant, plus the seven million that was in the CD. Right. So that's a hundred million. So just call dollars. it a hundred mil. So a hundred million dollars, and how many years later? Three years later. Yeah. Four We're years down later? to forty-three. We're down to forty-three million. With a $12 million budget, there's $12 million of revenue that comes into the township every year. So they spent that $12 million, and then they spent another $50 million on top of it. And what do we have, folks? We have a gem of a golf course with a 100-year-old building that's in incredible disrepair. Yep. That's going to cost millions. That had an S on the end of it. Millions of dollars to fix so that you can be happy. You, you 400 people who golf, so you'll be happy. Oh, Screw well, the rest of us. It's going to bring in so much business for weddings, Jerry. You, oh. have no, you have no idea how many weddings are just waiting to happen at the storied Reading Country Club. I personally know four people who are delaying an engagement to get their wedding there. Right. That's, of you know course, what? a lie. That's a, that's a great line, though, for, you know, maybe a guy doesn't want to really get married, but everybody's pressuring him to. Babe! Or, Babe, you know, until, until I can get married at the Reading Country, Country Club, Club, we are not getting We're married. Waiting. We're waiting. Now take off you your know, bra. My, maybe there's a very nervous bride who really, you know, isn't quite sure about this guy. And maybe she's sitting there going, well, you know, it's always been my dream to have my wedding at the Reading Country Club. So why don't we just put it off until the Reading Country Club opens? No. It plays both ways, Jerry. No. Of course it's it It's always the man. No. It's always the man. He's no. looking for a reason not to no. get married. No, and he true. knows that it's never going to happen. So he's going, burp, burp, until okay. we can. <laughs> That's sexist, Jerry. I'm going to call you on that. I'm sure there are women out there who are like, I know I said yes, but should I really have said yes? Here's... I can I can push this off because I can say it's my dream. It's not sex. It's because women. It's not because women will will call that out. They'll go. I really don't want to marry you. Men will be like, Oh, she's got great cans. I gotta hey, keep Gary, her. I got I gotta rein you in. You're getting off topic here. <laughs> but that's men. I gotta rein you in. That's men. Let's talk to fi- let's talk about finances. Well, okay. So so let's talk. Have we beaten this to death? Are we done? Um, for the moment, until you know, do we want to talk at all about the police budget presentation or no? What about it disturbed you? It, it, it nothing about it. it. I mean, a bunch of stuff went over, but way over. Yeah, I know, way over. Yeah, and again, it's about you know forecasting your uh your collective bargaining required health insurance expenses. They're off by so much. And yeah. and the excuse as well, you know, some of the police switch plans went from being single to being, you know, married or married with, it's like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You, you, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. I, I think that the next budget, when it comes together, the forecasting has to be much more accurate. Well, that's what this is about, yeah. Ted. Yeah. Because the, the, the little thing that, that, that keeps getting brought up, but that nobody's grabbing onto is that Jennifer Savage has used the $1.8 million in sewage, uh, uh, arrears. As a revenue. <laughs> yeah. She just keeps using it the every money's, year. The money's not there, but, um, I'm counting on it. Yeah. She uses it as funding <laughs> and it's, it's just not there. She puts these ridiculous numbers in, 
and it's how we get to it's how we get having to the overspending. Yeah. Exactly how we have to do take money out of the reserve fund. Yeah, and and we've we've got to get to a point where we are protecting that reserve fund because that look there's there's a lot of reasons to do it. The 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 biggest of which is eventually you can get that fund to a place where you can use the interest instead of using the principal. But you've got to protect it. You've got to invest it. And and you've got to be disciplined about spending. They're going to... Folks, there's two two ways we can go on this. And I think some people are being very honest and transparent. I think, I think this is one of the places where Dave Hughes actually shines. Look, we are either going to have to cut some services and maintain the taxes the way they are, or we're going to have to raise taxes if you want all of these things to continue. If you right. want to have a large police force, if you want to have, you know, if if you want to have all these other things, and if you want to have a goddamn golf course, and if that's and that, and and that's even before if we ever have to switch to a true community fire department, yeah, not dude, a volunteer that, fire department, dude, that is going to be yep. devastating. Yep. That is and going to be even devastating if that to our goes taxes. Away, we're going to we're going to see increased. So we have to, as a community, decide what are the the services that we want from our township, and we have to acknowledge that we are are going to have to be willing to pay for them. Now, I'm just going to point this out before we segue to the school board. Township taxes, in total, the township taxes are three point six six five. Uh, mills. Yeah. Uh, school taxes. Uh, now this is before the tax increase. Yeah. School taxes are thirty four point one nine six. That is ten times the township taxes. If you want to complain, if you want to rail, if you want to shake your fist, you got to shake your fist at the school board because that's where the big tickets are coming, and that's coming in a minute. But Let's let's uh, stay with the township and talk about the other thing that happened, the big ADA complaint oh and gosh. the hullabaloo that was created by it when... No, it wasn't created by the complaint. No, it's, no. It was created by another blog yep. that was trying to imply that there's a conflict of interest. So let's go ahead, Jerry, and introduce this segment. Yeah, so... so what happened is that uh, the Exeter informant actually put Exeter's it, version of Pravda <laughs> actually wrote an article saying that Dave Hughes was the person who filed the ADA complaint about the RCC. I'm still stairs. unsure why the name of the complainant was not redacted. I don't know, but it. it uh, I I could throw some theories at you because it's not. It's really not. Germane to the fact that a complaint was filed. It doesn't matter who filed a complaint. No, it doesn't. But it's out there. Mm -hmm. And whatever his reason for doing it was his reason for doing it. He says it's so that because you got up at at the meeting that night and you said, in order to get this building up and running, we're going to need a full compliance. A full compliance audit. You're going to yeah. have to go through and, you know, and, and this is one of the things I think that's uh, true about the, the Americans with Disabilities Act. People think that workarounds are an appropriate remediation strategy. Mm -hmm. That's not true. Individuals with disabilities should have the same access that everyone else has. Right. It's not fair to say, oh, well, we can just put them in a golf cart and drive them around the back and have them come in through the patio. 
That's nope. not what it says. No. It says that you're supposed to provide the exact same access. That's right. You know, where possible. Now, you can argue that this is a historic building, but that means you would have to restore things exactly to their historical condition, which is not what was done. So right. again, the entire building has to go through an ADA audit. They're going to find things that are going to result in hundreds of thousands of dollars of costs. And you know what? It's not going to matter who files the complaint. No. This needs to be, it, it is appropriate for it to be done. So, so the, the real story, and, and, and I wrote a story for the Exeter Examiner about this. The real story in this ADA complaint is not that Dave Hughes did that, okay? that he filed the complaint. The real story is that the township went through this, this shortcut to get stairs built instead of doing it the right way. And they did it the wrong way. And now it's going to cost even more because they did it the wrong way. And they did it because it was more expedient. They're supposed to be the ones who hold people accountable. They, too, need to be held accountable. That's they sh- they the problem have, with this. When that was when that building project was conceived, it should have gone through. Look, if we're not going to restore it to original condition, we all know that ADA comes into play here. So is what we're doing ADA compliant? Right. And, uh, you know, uh, according to lots of folks, complaints were made. They fell on deaf ears. Maybe because they were listening to the word for being, you know, yelled on on the golf course. For whatever reason, they disregarded it, so it made the complaint necessary. But here's my real problem with that article that was written in Exeter's version of Pravda. It's inappropriate not to ensure that the projects are ADA compliant. Are you implying that individuals with disabilities should not have the same access to the Reading Country Club that everyone else has? Mr. Japina, is that what you're implying? That because this complaint was filed, it's inappropriate to provide uh, access to individuals with disabilities? That's a tremendously terrible thing to say. But that's what he he was trying to make this point, trying to call out Dave Hughes. And in reality, he should be calling out himself for many reasons, not the least of which is he sat on the school board for eight years with a true conflict of interest, voting for a contract that would personally enrich his family. That's not a conflict of interest, but filing an ADA complaint and not being transparent about the fact that he filed it, that this is just, this is so bad on so many levels, I can't even begin to describe them. This ADA thing was a red herring from the get-go. Okay, it's... The, the 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 real purpose behind it was to take the heat off of the people on the school board who have actual conflicts of interest Many of and them. to turn the narrative right to somebody else but you know what it didn't work because people are already not talking about it well not not the not the usual suspects and the boo birds they they were all over the, oh they're this he promised transparency and now he's not he should have recused himself from that vote no he wasn't he he was simply having the complaint go forward that's all they were doing is getting it to a, a remediation stage all of you people who are complaining are you implying that we should not remediate something that is out of compliance with the Americans with Disabilities Act I asked several people because to me, all of that felt like 
they were saying that that like I, I think that an awful lot of people have a misconception about what these ADA complaints do. Mm-hmm. They think that people are suing and getting money. They think money. it's lawsuits, right, and they're getting right. monetary damages. Yeah. But it's not. It's to correct issues for actual handicapped people. It's to people. bring things into comp- That's the purpose of the complaint yeah. is to remediate the non-compliance yep. and bring it into compliance. Yeah. Now, will that cost money? Yes, it will, but it's because the previous board of supervisors were foolish enough to engage a builder who did not create steps that were in compliance with ADA. That's right. Come on, folks. I mean, none of, none of you have elderly parents or, or people who need, uh, you know, who need assistance with access. This is, this is such the term red herring doesn't even begin to describe this. It's what you said. It's the desire to turn the narrative, turn the spotlight away from a poorly performing school board with incredible uh, conflicts of interest, you know, current and past familial relationships with PSEA union members, but they, they don't want people to be talking about that. Because they've got a budget to get going, mm-hmm. and they've got a superintendent to hire, and uh, they they got to at least pretend like they're doing something about academics, even though you know their claim to fame is boosting the teachers in the park program by a hundred percent. So now, what what happened also is that uh, so Ted, do you remember the the video from last week? I I copped the audio from oh. It. That of young the woman who was so upset yeah, about uh, uh, Carl resigning. About Carl resigning. Yeah. Yeah. Is she going back to Panera again? No, no, no. I found it. I found another video of hers. Oh, okay. On on uh, on on Facebook, and this time it was early in the afternoon. Okay. And she was headed to Weight Watchers for her weigh-in. Okay, and. Again, she got a notification, and this is she what it said. She was headed to a wait. Do you know which Weight Watchers meeting she was going to? And, uh, no, I don't. You and get I don't think bogged it's down in anymore. details. It's called WW. Now. You're getting bogged okay. down in details. I'm just trying to get the correct story out there because this is the story she was going to wait. Okay. I don't know how you get these recordings of her. You must have <laughs> connections. I find them. I scour the internet. Okay. Okay. So so and and this is what she said. Holy fucking shit, you guys! I'm driving your car, but I just got a notification that Dave Hughes was the one who filed the ADA complaint at the Reading Country Club. What an incredible conflict of interest! Fuck! Could this year get any fucking worse? No, wait a minute. This could be a way to take the heat off of all of the school board members who have actual conflicts of interest. What a great idea! Maybe this was the plan all along! Or maybe not! I'm just so confused and hungry! It's not good to be hungry when you're going to a WW meeting. And confused. Yeah. You know what kind of shit they can yeah. sell you? Yeah. When oh, you're confused? Yeah. yeah. They can do all kinds of things. Um, she's a, She is a very confused young lady because... But but there's a there's probably a kernel of truth in her in her ravings. Yeah. That you know maybe this was just an attempt by uh, you know someone who's acting as a mouthpiece for the board, someone who's who's acting as a board member whisperer to help them control the narrative. 
Ted, I really hope that nothing happens this week that she makes another video for. Oh I hope things what stay. Else? Wait, are there any meetings next week? <laughs> no, we might be clear. We might be okay. No, wait a minute. Isn't May 9th? Uh, May 9th is a supervisor's meeting. Oh, yeah. And it's the closing of the... Uh, the submission process for people who are interested. Yes, that's right. So and, they, and they may they may do uh, interviews. No, they said they would do interviews later. Oh, okay. Well, they said they not that to a, night to a full process. So yes, that's, oh, that's good. Well, that's then good then maybe she'll you know she'll be able to complete her drives in in relative peace. Maybe she will, but I will keep scouring the internets looking for her videos oh, because she's been very entertaining. Yeah. Well, so let's turn our attention to the school board meeting. Yeah. That was that yeah. was a cow. People were having a cow over that meeting. <laughs> so at this meeting, they set in stone what the prelimin not preliminary, the proposed final budget right. will be. So what happens is they set that and then it's on view twenty days uh, for twenty days, and then they can pass a final budget. But that's got to be the one because if they come back in June and somebody says, well, no, we got to change it, then they're going to go beyond June 30th. So it's settled. It it is. It's settled. um, They're going to have to wait and see what contract negotiations uh, reveal. So, So there must be something in this budget. There must be some anticipated... Uh, resolution for contract negotiations in this budget. Mm-hmm. So the way that it went was they they talked about the what the and you were you were there for the whole meeting. So I wasn't there for the whole. Well, meeting. you got there a little bit late. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The they they talked about what the uh, tax hike would be. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Brian Fike, business manager. Presented him with a couple of options. Originally, it was 2.5%. Right. But then he got more information about state funding that he believes is going to be positive for the district. So in other words, there'll be more money in state funding than he had forecast before. Yes. And so that diminishes the need for the 2.5%. Yep. But there's still a need to use reserve funds and ask for a tax increase. Yep. Because he does not perceive that there is any appetite for any reductions on the part of this board. Right. And guess what? He got it right. Yeah. Because I'm going to play a bunch of clips here from all of the, uh, the, the school board members. And Ted, I have never seen a bigger group of hand wringing indecisive people in, in my life. It is unbelievable. Well, Make a damn decision. But maybe that's because they ran and and told people during their campaigns that they were going to hold the line on taxes. I know of at least one member who, you know, I, I did a lot of campaigning for the school board and talked to a lot of people, and they said, oh, I'm going to vote for so-and-so because, you know, he told us face-to-face that he was going to be holding the line on tax increases, and he's one of the people voting for them now. Yeah. So first we'll go to uh, the indecisive Andrea Battler. Um. I really don't like either of them, not going to lie. She doesn't like either choice that she's being presented with. Which was 1.75 or... 1%. 1%. However, 
Again, you don't have to choose either of those options. You can choose any. You can say what your feeling is about anything you want. That was Tim Morgan saying, you can choose whatever you want. You don't have to choose from those two. And somebody did choose something else. We'll get to that. Yeah, I, I personally would really like to look into um, trying to increase our revenue in other ways. I mean, I do not want to see the services cut. I'm sure nobody wants to see the services cut. I don't want to see, you know, extra, you know, I don't want to see anything necessarily go, but I would like to see how we can tighten our belt so that we're not putting this on the tax. Uh, I'd like to see some cuts, Andrea. I can tell you exactly where I'd like to see them. I'd like to see you make some cuts at the junior high school, which has a ridiculously low student to teacher ratio, and it has an insane schedule. If you would go to a normal schedule, what's called a unit schedule, which is, you know, like a six period day, instead of this nine period rotation baloney that they have, you would save some money. Same thing at the high school. If you move away from the black schedule, which tends to increase personnel costs by about 10%, um, you would save some money. So I have some things where I would like to see cuts made. Okay. And I don't think that uh, the, the actual student to teacher ratio is very accurate because there are so many... In new positions, uh, reading interventionists, people who have small caseloads. Uh, we've got a guy who's managing the, you know, the the internship program who has a caseload of seventeen kids total. Mm. Yeah, I I I've got a lot of suggestions for where to cut. It's fair, and I only say that because, as everybody has said, there's inflation has gone up. People are, some people are not going back to work. Social security only increased 5%. Only? It's usually like 2.3%. It went up 5%. But that's not the point. The point is you're still going to try to put old people out of their houses with your goddamned tax hike. That's what this is about. Whether they got 5% or not doesn't matter in the least. What, what the real problem here is that you have a board which collectively lacks any kind of a spine, any kind of a spine. Uh, they, they just don't have, oh, there's, there's no appetite for reductions. Really? No appetite. You have an $82 million budget, 3,800 and some change kids. It's, I travel across the country, as you know, and I, I work with schools across the country. When yep. I tell people what our school budget is per pupil, they're astounded. And when I say, and the board wants more money, they say, they, 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 they say are, are they insane? What, what does the community feel like? I said, doesn't matter. They don't care. They have their own constituencies, whether it's their friends whose kids want boutique programs or whether it's their spouses who want their raises. They all have small constituencies that they're actually playing to instead of looking out for the community. That's right. That's right. So that's enough of her. We'll move on to the next person. The next one was indecisive Jason. Yeah, I, I mean, personally, obviously, uh, like I said before, the, the, the revenue opportunities there will, will help, but they're, they're not going to, you know, as much as we do there, they're, they're not going to take care of this deficit. He proposed, and they, they put together an, a, an ad hoc committee to pursue new advertising revenue. I don't know how much money they think they can get, 
but Tom Legath gets somewhere between 20 and 30 grand every year for those banners you see around the baseball stadium and up in the the basketball gym and stuff like that. And you, you know, he get, gets like 20 to 30 grand. Yeah. I do they really no. think they're going to get hundreds of thousands no. of dollars? Do they think somebody's going to want to name Reifton School after, you know, like like, oh, I'd like to have Reifton School be uh, Theodore J Gardella uh and I'll pay a million dollars. No, nobody's going to do that, folks. And you're right. Maybe twenty to thirty grand, and that's that's on the high end. Yes, you can go to Coke and Pepsi and say we'll give you exclusive rights to vending machines, and maybe they'll pay for your scoreboard, or maybe they'll pay a yearly. It's not very much. So this idea that there's this invisible pot of revenue that's just waiting yeah. to benefit the schools. Yeah, it's it's another part of the blame game, you know. Hamburger blames the state constantly. Oh, the state's not paying enough. The state's not paying enough. The state's not paying their fair share. Um, you know, if you did transfer responsibility to the state to pay for uh, school district uh, expenses, you would lose the ability to run those property taxes that you are, are benefiting so much right. from. Yes. I've been in a state that made that switch, that switched from property taxes over to sales taxes. Yep. And it's not a, it's it's a zero sum game. It's yeah. a replacement of funding. It's not additional funding. Right. So Hamburger rails, and then Mr. Mel evidently is railing about the township, that the township's not doing enough to attract business um, so that they can get more revenue. Jason, your tax burden is 10 times that of the township. If there's any reason for people not to come here, it's school taxes, not township taxes. And blaming the township for not doing more to attract business, get your own house in order before you throw stones anywhere else. So now Mel is blaming the township. Hamburger's blaming the state. How about the nine of you get a spine and look for some cuts because there is no way. See, and part of the clue, too, here is that what they're looking to do is get rid of this structural deficit, which is great. Get rid of the structural deficit. But you'll be right back in it if you don't cut spending. It's not enough to hold a line. you got to back up a little bit. They can't rebuild a fund balance if they're continuing to, you know, they, 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 there's... There's no understanding of instruction. There's no understanding of finance. No. They're, they're flailing in the dark. Yeah. And they're waiting for a savior of a superintendent. They're waiting for somebody who's going to come in on a white horse and save them from having to, you know, to from having to get attention. Some of them just quit so that they don't have to, you know, get attention for their actions anymore. They yeah. just quit and walk away and then hide behind a keyboard and block people from commenting on their site. But uh, others of them are just, they're flailing. And and I think you hear that in the comments. They're flailing. They have no idea what to do. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, really, in terms of revenue increase that's going to be very impactful, again, is going to be um, expansion of the commercial tax base. And I don't see I, it, it it it's it's just it's it's more and more of we the want same. more money we want more money yeah. that's the answer we don't want to cut spending yeah we don't think twenty one thousand dollars per student is enough we think right. we should pay even more exactly. so we want to spend more money we want more money to spend can't you help us with that until you are willing to 
uh, you know, alcoholics and drug addicts, until you're willing to admit you have a problem, you can't get through it. And they have a spending problem. They're yes, they do. Yep. And, and I, I pointed that out when I was on the school where I said, you people don't have a revenue problem. You have a spending problem. And you need to correct that first before you can go with the revenue. They don't want to hear that. Okay, let's go to, uh, I'm, I'm not going to just go all the way through. Uh, let, let's do Anne hearing. Um, I'm going to say. I mean, let's listen to her. A, no increase at all. Just because I don't want to see it increase. She's the only one who said that. Okay, I, I stand corrected. There is a person with a spine. Her name's Anne hearing, but she's one among nine, and the rest of them are flailing. Listen to what she said, though. I just don't. What do you want to cut, Ann? I understand. What do you want to cut? That was Allison Wilson. What do I want to cut? Why don't you give me some possibilities? Yeah. What do you want to cut? Um, Black if scheduling the, at the high school. Yeah. No, If is the number 5% that we're light? We need to cut 6%. 6% across the board, problem solved. Right. Go to every single principal. You got to cut your budget by 6%. Whether you do so, that by reducing one staff member or whether you do that by looking at discretionary funds, don't care, 6%, that's your target. Yeah, and that's all. if you all. can't hit it, I need somebody else in the, in your chair. It's really, yeah. See, if, if you can't or won't, I will fire you and get somebody who can. Well, you can't fire them because they've got a collective bargaining agreement. But anyway. Want to bet? Anyway. Brian Fike is giving, I mean, Brian Fike's basically telling them exactly what you and I are doing, saying, yep. but he's doing it in a very gentle way. Yep. Well, I don't see any appetite for any cuts. And so I'm just giving you a budget based on what I perceive. So all they would have to do, it's just like what Jen Savage is saying to the rest of the board. You got to make a policy change. Yep. What Brian Fike is saying is you need to come to me and say, I need a budget that cuts. Dr. Hearing, if you can convince four other members to be on your side, then I will go back and I will create a budget that has 0%, you know, 0% tax increase. Yes, we might still take some out of reserve funds, but I'm not going to have a tax increase. It's, it's not going to be easy, but I can do it. Yep. But you're going to have, you're all going to have to back me up as the finance director. See, yep. that's what he's saying. He's reading the room and he's saying, look, if I go back to the administration and say, we got to make cuts, they're going to say, Screw you, buddy. I'm going to the board. I'm going to make president. I can't cut these programs. I think can't. of the children. <laughs> no, think of the adults. That's who you're thinking of. You're thinking of the adults in your building who might have to face hard decisions. Like maybe you don't have 48 copiers in the district, and maybe there's fewer Dude, worksheets. We're that. You're one to one computing for crying out loud. What do you need to make copies of? Everything's on the computer, is it not? That's how you sold the one-to-one. Oh, well, we won't need um, a lot of external worksheets or anything else because the students will do everything on their computer. What? What? What are we doing? Man, I don't want to cut anything. I get it. I want to live in a world where we don't have to cut anything, but I, I just feel like we need to dig deeper. And I understand what you're saying. I do. But th- this is just my belief. How I want to refer to this. The jocularity is inappropriate. And for me to say that is crazy. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, here's the thing. And and you've seen the spreadsheet that I've put together. Every year, except for one since 2016, the school district has raised taxes. Yep. Every year. The only year that they didn't, you were on that school board and you 
held the line. I the busted balls. The township, on the other hand, has not increased taxes over that same. In fact, this year was an anomaly. They they had held the line on taxes for five six years, and then they finally had to because now we've got people who are actually looking at the budget sheet and recognizing what they need to do. But the school boards they they just they just raise taxes every. Well, we really hate to do this, but we need more money. We need more money. The you adults, don't need more money. The adults in the system need more money. We need to have our, their contracts settled. We need to ha- increase uh, staffing. Uh, we need to bring in expensive reading programs with uh, with staffing demands. Oh, we got to have reading interventionists. Uh, we got to have all these other new positions. Um, and you know, we're going to continue block scheduling at the high school, even though it hasn't been shown to make a damn bit of difference in academic achievement. Dude, it is. It, it, it's actually. It's obnoxious to sit in that boardroom and say, well, we can't cut anything and revenue is is not what it should be. So what are we going to do? We just have to raise taxes. It's actually obnoxious to talk to to talk down to people that way, because let's face it, if you went to your father and you said, Dad, I need uh, an increase in my allowance. And he said, well, why do you need it? And you said, well, just because I do. I'm spending more money. and I, I I'm need- spending, right, exactly. My expenses have gone up. Well, I suggest you kiss my ass <laughs> because you're not getting more. It's obnoxious to assume that you're just going to get more. Go to your boss and ask him for a raise. If the money's there and you're doing a good job, you get a raise. Are these people doing a good no, job? No, they're, they're all, <laughs> like I said, the, the correct word is flailing. They're all, well... Can you tell us that we're going to get more revenue? No. Uh, I don't want to cut anything. And, and uh, you know, the only way to do this is to get more money. And, and so we're just going to have to raise taxes on the community. No, you can make cuts. All you need to do is direct Brian Fike to find more, re- to find, to find, not find more, find to cuts. find any reductions in the budget and come back with a budget that reflects a zero tax increase double dog dare you the nine of you they won't they don't have it in them of course not they don't have it in them no because some of them have to go home and mommy wants a new pair of shoes yeah so uh i'm gonna play one more maybe uh this is julia schaefer again unable to make a decision unable to process the data that's been thrown at her thank you tim julie I don't want to see a tax increase at all. I agree with Anne, but I don't also want to cut any type of programs. Um, so it's hard to make a decision. But I don't also want to cut. That's really tortured. Decision. Because we can't cut programs. We can't cut things from our students. We can't cut yes, programs. Can. Julia, we can. yes, you can. We can. Ask and you shall receive. We can't. You can cut programs. We can't because then people will be mean to me. You don't understand, The programs Dad. aren't working. Dad, you don't understand. People will be mean to me. You don't get it, do you? <laughs> I don't want to be unpopular. I want to keep being the popular mom. But you know, the school board of raising your taxes. <laughs> well, I hope all the people who voted for these folks who promised to hold the line on taxes... Well, they won't. They're not coming to school board meetings. They should be coming to school board meetings, and they should be standing up and pointing fingers. Look, Jason, you were on my porch. You told me. Except Jason wasn't on anybody's porch. 
Oh, he he walked. Yeah, he he talked to people. He did. Oh yeah. I, I talked to people who said they talked to Jason Mill. Maybe he wasn't on their porch. Maybe they met him somewhere else or whatever. I think it was on the phone. But he said <laughs> he was going to hold the line on taxes. And now they're finding out that he's not going to. He's going to increase their taxes. Why? Because they can't see any cuts to programs. If this was a wildly successful school district, if we had kids who were winning the Westinghouse Science Fair, if we had kids who were, you know, like – like doing amazing academic things. We, we, we've had some great years in sports recently. That's, that's wonderful news. But when you look at this overall academic performance and when you look at what kids are saying when they come back from college and they're saying, well, gosh, I really wasn't prepared. Yeah. I wasn't prepared in any yeah. way, shape, or form. Now I want to go with uh, Andrea Battler being confused. This is somebody who's on your school board who is making decisions about your damned money. Listen to this. They would prefer. Well, just to clarify, we can ask and move forward with anything. It doesn't have to be those two options. Right. Yes. It could be, could be anything. So yeah, I mean, I'd say whatever your personal preference is to try to gain some consensus. So Andrea, is there an option you'd, Remember, she's making this financial decisions for you. She's determining how your money's being spent. Listen to this babble. Not particularly, but quick. Sorry, I apologize. The two point seven two. You said we are currently financing the buses at. No, I have a quote or- that expires. I think July third. That uh, we'll finance them at two point seven two percent. She didn't know that he was talking about this year's bus purchases. She thought that it was, I don't know, for the previous year or something, that it was a carryover. She doesn't know enough about finance to know that each time you're entering into a new contract. Let's also say that according to Mr. Fike, in previous years, they've purchased the buses. Yes, they now did. Now they're going to finance them. Yes. Which means, as we all know, when you finance the purchase of a vehicle, it ends up costing far more than the list price of that vehicle. Right. Because you're spreading it over time. Right. So we're now getting into a situation where we're promising to pay for five years or 10 years or whatever the, the finance uh, portion is. It's five. It's, oh, so, so it's a five-year term. Yep. That's got to be in the budget every year. Yeah. And then what do you do when you need more buses? You're going to finance those too? Is that how you're quote unquote saving money by spreading it out and spending more over five years? Yeah. So I think he explains that to her. But but the my point is she doesn't understand the way financing goes. And that, and that is a variable. And is that still there? No, that's a fixed rate. Oh, that oh, is so a fixed, fixed rate. Okay. He said in the uh, uh, presentation, it's a fixed rate. They had to ask a second time. That's what rate. I, okay. 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 All right. So I, I have Sorry. to have an approved budget to sign off on that quote if you want to do it that way. All right. right. I, Mr. And, Quinter said the variable rate, that's what kind of scale. No, no, no. They, oh, so Bob Quinter says something about a variable rate and his word becomes law. Pay attention to what your finance manager's telling you. Well, I knew the 1.75 was probably variable. But, so but he I'm was thinking. talking about future years. We have no idea what the rate's going to be in future years. Right. So this is just this is a five-year fixed rate. The, oh, 2.72 is five-year fixed, fixed rate. rate. Okay. And you were thinking about going to a variable to cut the deficit. Is that correct? No, no. It, 
She didn't hear a goddamn word he said. She did not She's understand a single thing that he said. She's confusing the 1.75 tax increase with the 2.72 financing costs. Yes. And she is making decisions about your money and my money. This scares the crap out of me, Ted. And in future years, we don't know what the rate's going to be. Like in 23, 24, so we go to finance buses. We have no idea what that rate's going to be. He had literally already said all this. Well, but but this is maybe this is where the confusion came in. They're thinking, well, you know, would 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 that rate go up? No, this is a fixed rate. So these buses that we're purchasing now, we're paying two point seven two percent interest on them for over five years. If we purchase more buses next year, that's when we don't know what the rate would be. Could be five percent to finance them next year. We don't know. It's insanity. So we may go we back to buying them outright. We might go back to buying them outright if the rate's 8%. Okay, if so if the, the rates were low, us, I would say keep on finance. Five years in the future. Years. Years. Yeah. Okay, wait. Forgive okay. me. Okay. 2.72 is buying or leasing? Leasing. Currently. <laughs> she heard nothing this man said. She was probably on her phone, texting with her husband, put the kids to bed, the, the meeting's going to be... Who the hell knows? She didn't hear a goddamn word he said. She didn't listen at all, and she's making decisions okay, now for you your look like the, money. Now you look like the keyboard warriors. I what we have. 1.75 is it's a, purchasing. No, 1.75 would be the tax increase. Did she hear anything? That was my point, right? She was confusing the 2.72 financing of the buses over five years with the 1.75 tax increase for this year. She did not hear anything this man said to her. She was paying attention to everything but what she should have been paying attention to. And she is making decisions about your money. They have so much angst about raising taxes. They're so worried about raising taxes that they they just can't comprehend simple financial presentations. Okay, so the next thing on the agenda, let's get away from that because because you're getting mad. Finance facilities and audit, Mr. Mel. Yes, uh, starting over the item uh, A, uh, copy or RFP discussion. These, um, we have 23 copiers expiring on June 30th. Uh, the bids uh, for the RFPs would be due May 12th, and a recommendation will be presented at the May voting meeting. Is there any discussion? Do we lease these or do we own them? I believe these are leases, right? They're leased, but at the end you can buy them for a small option. There are five-year leases, and there's 27, I believe, next year. 23 this year, 27 next year. There's 50 copiers in a school district that has eight buildings, one of which is a transportation building, which is this big, will be one copier. There is 49 copiers spread out amongst seven buildings. Other building is an administrative building with no... I mean, why would you need any more than one copier for that building? You know what? I will allow for there to be one to be one in the main office, one at the other end of the building. So maybe people don't have to walk quite no, as far. Walk. I'm just saying I'll allow for two, but it sounds to me like every office has its own copier. 
And then how many copiers do you need in a school? Well, it, it really One. depends. One. No, it really depends. So are, are you telling people that they need to restrict their, their copying and that they don't need to make worksheets? They don't need that you have a one to one environment so you can deliver instructional resources through the computer. If you're telling me that you have to have now, the argument's going to be well, the high school, you know, they have to have copiers in the guidance department and they have to have copiers in the administration and then they have to have copiers in each of the department offices and they have to have copiers here. You don't have to. No, you, you don't. Have, you can have uh, you know, a single copier that everybody's connected to, one high volume copier, and then you tell people you need to restrict your 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 copies. We're not gonna I don't want to see ten thousand copies a week from you know any departments. You put in your code and it 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 it's uh and it limits you. You have a limit. That's right. Yeah. And if you go over your limit, you're done no with copies. your copies. Right. It's it's really simple stuff, but there's fifty copiers in this school district in eight Wait, it's 50 copiers in a school district that has a one-to-one computing environment for students. It's unbelievable. It's untenable. It's unaffordable. We can't make any cuts. No. No no cuts possibly could be made. No. You couldn't cut that down to 25, could you? No, 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 no. 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 It's all about the kids. The kids... Need 50 copiers. Yeah, it's the kids. It's right. a kid's issue. Because the kids are going and putting their hand on the platen and making a copy of their hand or maybe their face on the platen, making a copy of their face. Uh, it's all about the kids. It's not about the adults and their convenience. Clearly. No cuts can be made. So uh, I, I think we beat that to death also. Okay. Now, a superintendent interview update. <laughs> okay. So... Dr. Hearing uh, uh, revealed that they got 14 applicants, most from Berks County, some from the Lehigh Valley, some from Chester County, some from Western PA, and one each from South Carolina, Nevada, and Maryland. Okay? They have whittled that down to eight. They will be having the first... Uh, uh, a round of interviews on. They shouldn't be. Doing they may it. have said they May 9th. Eight interviews. That's insane. Okay, on May 9th. the people included in that will be all of the board members, right? Certain administrators, of course. Okay, uh, bunch of teachers, a, a couple, a couple or three teachers, and the eleventh grade class president. No mention of whether the public will be allowed in these interviews. The public, the people who pay the bill to hire that superintendent. No mention of that whatsoever. Can these people hear themselves talk? There, There's really... There, so this goes back to my initial point, which is hire a damn professional firm. Instead, they went with the free services from the IU because somebody should be telling them eight interviews is too many. That's that's too many interviews. You're going to get confused. It's going to be very confusing. Don't do it. And then you're going to do ranked choice voting, and that's going to be a clown show. Why don't you, you know, let's let's talk through these things, and maybe we do short phone interviews or or Zoom interviews for the first round, and it's... 
maybe com- you know the, the 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 personnel committee just you know does a, an initial screening with the IU there to help them you know to help guide them oh this person really doesn't have the background oh there's no experience here oh you're getting a bunch of principals who want to step their way up uh, you're getting second tier third tier candidates um, you're really not an attractive uh, district for somebody to come to but let let me help you get down to you should have three or four that you're doing public interviews with. And trust me, to have this many people on the interview committee, it's going to be a crap show for the candidates. They're going to be looking at this going, why are there 20 people in the room? Why is there a 16-year-old kid in this room? I, I, I know I sound like old man Jerry when I say that, but why is a kid in that room? A kid doesn't need to be part of this. It is really unnecessary because they won't have anything to add. It's just a show, Jerry. I understand, but but I'm We're not... including students <laughs> and staff and the board in all of our interviews. If I am not fooled by this bullshit, who else is not fooled by it? Well, they're fooling themselves. And, and it, 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 it comes back to not vetting a professional firm to get you quality superintendent candidates. And it's indicative of this board being incredibly naive. But, you know, to, to some extent, it's like, okay, you got you got four people who are brand new, five people, because, you know, somebody quit before their term was up and they brought in a retread uh, yeah. to take, you know, to take his place. Uh, and the other people, you know, have you know, did they hire the previous superintendent? I mean, their track record is really poor. Two superintendents gone. Uh, you know, now we've got, you know, we're we're finally off the hook for Doctor Minor. I believe uh, she was paid until May the seventh. So oh, we're not the off the hook. So because so, it's only Cinco de Mayo. Right, Ted. right, right. So we have a, we have a little bit more to go there. Um, but really, I, I mean, you you look at these elected officials and you realize you know we just didn't really have very many choices no, to make not and, at all. and so so this board is without they're really adrift and you have the the you know the uh the the renta soup who came from the iu so no wonder we chose the iu to do our superintendent search no yep. wonder we have a bunch of people from berks county it's a, it's a really you know, great point you know oh our, our renta soup is from the iu um, I think you should use the IU for your superintendent search. Because I they're the greatest. Do. I bet you do. And and this is this is my big problem. I come from a deep well of experience in education. So these things, I know a lot of things bother you to your core. These are the things that bother me to my core. To see such poor performance at such a high price. To see nine people flailing around. Well, you know, we just don't want to make any cuts, but we don't want to raise taxes, but we don't want to make any cuts. And so we're really going to have to raise taxes. What we really need is more revenue. We just need more money. Will somebody please give us more money? More, We need more and money. So, and, and nobody is asking the important questions. And so I know we don't have a lot of time, but I, I just want to segue a little bit into this whole thing about the draft comprehensive plan that was presented by, by, mm. uh, by uh, the... Uh, curriculum director flam um he he made these comments and and of course you know my backgrounds in mathematics and i i I worked on mathematics curricula i wrote mathematics textbooks i've implemented them all over the country and so when he made his comments about well you know our strategies are uh we're we're gonna look at the alignment of uh our k-8 programs to pennsylvania state standards 
that would have been a good thing to do before you adopted the programs. <laughs> yeah. And I will guarantee, I know both of these programs very well. I know investigations in number data and space, and I know college prep mathematics. I know them both very well. They are aligned to Pennsylvania state standards. They were aligned when you first purchased them and first implemented them, and they're aligned now because the standards haven't changed. Dude, you're already there. So they are aligned. So now what are you going to do? After you do your intensive examination, and by the way, who's the person who implemented these two programs? If, if by some magical, mystical course of events, you find, well, these really are not aligned to uh, state standards. Well, you were the principal who implemented the programs. And you're now saying they're not aligned? Didn't you know that back when you implemented the programs? Right. And then the other thing, which is just, to me, actually criminal. The other strategy that they're saying is that, well, math fact fluency has got to improve for for our scores to go up. That is the biggest fallacy in all of instruction world, that somehow if you get kids to memorize their math facts, that's going to solve all of the proficiency problems. There's no research that supports that. In fact, there's a lot of research that supports the exact opposite, that you have to work on, on comprehension and problem solving. You can't just drill and kill, but that's exactly what his other strategy is. They're going to buy an electronic program that will drill and kill our kids to death. People, you know, there have been all kinds of drill and skill programs, things like rocket math, where you had to do 100 problems in three minutes or you didn't move on to the next level. There's all kinds of ways to torture kids into memorizing their math facts. That's not going to solve your problems. He knows it. The research doesn't support it. But they're walking on like, oh, oh, this is what, uh, you know, this is what's going to solve our problems here, along with our incredibly expensive literacy program. Not a single question about any of that nope. arises nope. because they don't have the instructional knowledge to question anything. And you know what, folks? We elected these buffoons. We put them in these offices. We voted for them, and they are now sitting there, well, I won the election, so I must know something. And then you hear those comments of, well, I don't really know. Is this 1.76 or is that 2.72? Now, are we leasing the budget or are we actually purchasing the budget? Or are, are the buildings paid for? Or you know what? You're getting exactly what you voted for. That's a great point, Ted. You, We are getting what they voted for. Okay? I didn't, I, I didn't vote for anybody, for any of them. You didn't vote for me? I voted for you. Oh, okay. Yes, I did. I voted for you. You're the only person I voted for because I didn't have any... No, wait a minute. I voted for Tim Morgan. That's right. I did because I I, I, I bought into... He's a nice guy. Tim's a real nice guy. Tim's a great guy. We get along really well. Don't need nice guys when there are tough choices to be made. You're right. And what am I, Ted? I am not a nice guy. No, you're guy. not a nice guy. You're, you're <laughs> kind of a... I'll say it. You're kind of a bastard. Yeah, I But am. you know what? You held the line on taxes. <laughs> Folks... You know what? You look at these taxes over the from 2016 to 2022, the only year that they held the line on taxes was when you elected a bastard to be on the board because you have to have people who can make tough choices and live with them. And these people don't want to live with tough choices. They don't want teachers coming up to them complaining about things. Look at what the results of the community survey were with yeah. with over I think almost a third of the responses were from staff members. 
The number three issue was student discipline. I got news for you folks. Uh, these kids are going to be in for a world of hurt if we get a strict disciplinarian who will do what the teachers want. I want these kids kicked out of my class. I don't want to see them anymore. I'd like to get down to 12 students who love me and smile at me and wish me good morning and bring me apples every single day. You, you voted for it, folks. You got what you voted for. You're going to see tax increases. There's going to be no increase in academic achievement, and there are going to be continued cost escalations. 50 copiers. Heck, we need 75 next year. Yeah, well, why not just quickly jack it up to 55? All right, what are we doing here? Do you want to take a call or two? Um, we can if, if we you can. Want to, if you want to try that. Okay, so uh, if you'd like to call and rage to or with us, or about us, or about us, yeah, the number is four eight four six six eight one six six three. One more time, four eight four six six eight one six. Six three. Now there's a ten to fifteen second delay, but you you could you could be talking about the country club and tell us how we're wrong. That yeah. uh, you know the country club is a gem. Yeah, um, you could talk about uh, the 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 budget presentation and how you followed it and found it to be extremely enlightening. Uh, you could talk about the school board and their flailing. Um, whatever you'd like. You I mean, could say I'd, I'd be happy to pay three percent more. In, uh, in in school taxes, because I just want to see lots and lots of uh, different things. What's that number again? 484-668-1663. I know it's late. It's 10 o'clock. We thank you for those of you who are listening. We thank you for uh, allowing us to be a little bit late and then sticking with us. It's got a good um, number of listeners right now. Well, it's, I, I think that the the events of the past couple of weeks, I mean, the resignations, the, the way the board's, you know, navigating through. And, you know, to my point where you need a bastard, um, we've got at least one bastard on the board of supervisors. That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. We do have that. <laughs> oh, we got a call. Oh, boy. God damn. Speak of the devil. <laughs> Speak of the devil. Hello, David Hughes. That is the truth. That is the truth. Dave. That is the truth. That is Oh, we're getting our own feedback. Dave, you got to turn that down. Yeah, turn the radio down. Speak of the devil. Speak of the devil. Hello, David. Hello, David Hughes. Yeah, I, I can't hear. Can you hear me? Dave, you need to turn down your sound device. Can you, can you, yeah, can you hear me? We oh, can yeah. hear you, but you got to turn. It's confusing. you got to turn down your... Okay. How funny is this? Hang on. Hang the endless on. loop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there it goes. I'm calling about the... Uh, Statements about we need more commercial businesses in <laughs> township. Okay, go ahead. How do you expect to get uh, get any commercial businesses in? I don't know. Don't don't you have a magic wand, David? Statements about we need more commercial businesses in <laughs> 
Okay, go ahead. Hey, Dave. Dave, you need to turn off whatever you're listening to. Or else take your phone and go somewhere else. Well, I, I hear that I hear that consistent request all the time. You know, like uh, uh, we need to get commercial business in here, but no, no ideas. Uh, uh, just, just a wish. You know, like, like I think uh, Ted said, the magic. Get the magic wand out. Or maybe it's ruby slippers, Dave. Maybe you need to put on a pair of ruby slippers, click your heels three times, and say, there's no place like Exeter. No, no idea. Uh, uh, just, just a wish. You know, like, uh, yeah, like yeah. I think, uh, hey, Dave. Dude, I don't, I don't want to hang up on you, but, but we're, we're getting nothing but, but well, feedback here. So we'll talk to you again, okay? That's like radio hell. Yeah, it's it's and and Dave, you know, it's not a reflection of you. It's just that we could not make sense out of what you were saying because there was so much feedback. Yeah, we were hearing from, ourselves. Yeah, we were hearing you know what we were saying, and then we'd hear a little bit of a break. So yeah. um, you have to turn off your uh, your computer or whatever you're listening to the podcast on. Or go into a different room. Call us from a different room yeah. so we don't hear the feedback. Because I think you have important points to say. I think you've heard uh, so many times that, oh, you know, all the problems would be solved if we could just get more businesses here and, and, and increase our, our revenue base, our tax base. And and to some extent, that's true. But you, you can't do that without a concerted effort to reduce the burden on both businesses and uh, residents. And we, we are a bedroom community. So the majority of people who are getting hit by these tax increases, they're, they're the residents, they're the community members, they're the people who own, own houses. And um, we need to be disciplined. And I appreciate, I, I think we've said a, a number of times, that quarterly budget review was so revealing. It should have been required. It was actually yearly budget review. Oh, I thought it was quarterly. Oh. No, it was yearly. That was, that was the yearly, last year. And then, and then they're doing quarterly reviews of the yes. current budget. Yes, yes. Okay, we got him back. Okay, so we got him back. Maybe he's Hopefully got his thing off. Turned it off. Okay, Dave, you have your sound source off. Yeah. Does this sound better? Much yes, better. Yes, much. much. Better. Thank you. Okay. So so here's here's the really big problem. You know, we could discuss this till uh, ad nauseum, but it's not a local issue. It's a state issue. Pennsylvania does not have the programs to promote businesses to come here, and, and their tax, their, their business tax scheme is just one of the worst in this invasion. Well, taxation, Pennsylvania used to be one of the most business-friendly states in the country. It's now like in the bottom five or something. Oh, it's it's you know my yeah. my, my wife's business. I mean, when when you see. All of the different kinds of taxes. It's it's a wonder that anybody does come to do business in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah, and we're we're not going to compete with why you miss it. You know, it's like a, an individual. You have to understand who you are. An extra township is a suburb. We're not going to have a huge commercial presence. It'll never happen. 
What? You mean we can't have the waterfront and have it be, you know, this incredible uh, draw, uh, the Schuylkill River waterfront with its dirty brown water bringing people in? Well, that, that's another thing Mr. Mel put on the social media to go look at that plan. That is an absolute, I would have to say, you know, there's a, a talk about multi-universes. I think he fell into one of those multi-universes <laughs> because this, this will never happen. And the millions of dollars that it would cost uh, our, our community, uh, no one's going to, you're not going to get a third party to build that. I read I read through that plan David and and I think you're absolutely right. First of all the the placement of it, you know, you you have a, a main thoroughfare. Um you you're not going to be able to build enough infrastructure to get out to this supposed wonderland of development with, you know, oh there's you know they they were fighting against development of uh housing and and apartments, but now we're going to we're going to put uh you know we're going to put uh, high-end, high uh, you know, apartments and lofts in this uh, wonderful waterfront so that they can look out over the Schuylkill River uh, when it swells its sewage-filled uh, <laughs> banks. I, I just, this is not, we're not a riverfront community. I don't know who put that thing together. Well, it, it was just a joke to begin with. It was, it was a process to convince everyone we've got to sell the sewer plant so that you will have these funds to develop this wonderful utopia called Exeter Township. And, and it was just basically the transfer of taxpayer money into private pockets. That's, that's the whole purpose of that. And I'm just surprised that Mr. Mel thinks that, that was, that's going to be a viable tax, uh, tax base to grow, uh, commercial and residential. It, it's in the sky. Oh, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. I, I I mean, listen to his other comments. Remember, this is a person who was running his own blog, had to stop it because he ran, wanted to run for school board, and he's living in a fantasy world where all of a sudden somebody's going to come by with ten million extra dollars so that Exeter Public Schools can keep spending and spending and spending and and not have to raise taxes. They they are all operating in a fantasy world, and this idea that we're gonna we're going to develop our way out of it. They they just don't look around and see the same township. I mean, you're absolutely right. Why I'm missing or uh, or West Reading? They have a you know kind of a, a cute little downtown area. Uh, you know, you go out to Lidditz and you you see oh this is a great downtown area. We we don't have that infrastructure to build around. We are a bedroom community, but they keep operating as if you know we have all these resources that are suddenly going to turn Exeter Township into, you know, some uh, wonderland of, of, uh, of, of commercial draw. And, you know, you look at the businesses that are closing up and, and, uh, and leaving, um, you know, and, and you look at the tax base, you know, any big time business that's going to come in is going to want some sort of, of tax, uh, you know, whether it's using the Lerda or using something else, they're going to want some kind of a tax break on any development. So it's, it is pie in the sky. And all I can say is it seems like they have a big appetite for pie over there. Right. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll give the last word on all this. Uh, the township supervisors, once I got on, on board, 
we did the best thing we could to, to possibly have some larger commercial development. The promenade, which would have had government buildings on, completely taken out of the tax equation because they would, would not pay any taxes, well, we squashed that. And now it's going to be available for commercial projects. And that's the largest tract of land that I know of on 422. It's basically in the heart of Exeter Township that has the potential to bring in more tax revenue. That's it. And yet you didn't hear them having any kinds of positive comments about that very fact, that by stopping the promenade, the the board actually increased the possibility that there would be commercial development that would bring them additional tax revenues. But you heard not one positive comment from that board of education. And, and, and we did that with, with that idea in mind. But the other thing is the, 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 the misunderstanding or the lack of knowledge on how businesses work, thinking that they can say, well, let's bring more commercial business here. It doesn't work that way. If, if it was a viable community for somebody's business, they would figure out that it's profitable for them and they would be here already. But you want to go up to why you're missing where all the foot traffic goes. You know, I want my business up there because I know people are coming up there for all those other businesses that are there. So I'll put myself somewhere where they'll see me. Well, you know, we do, have, we do have Effie's Charcoal Chef. So, you know, that generates a lot of foot traffic. Let's, that's one of the good good places we have uh, to eat. That's true. We have so many good places. We're going to have the ready... We're going to have the Ready Country Club up and running pretty soon, believe it or not. It's going to happen. Okay. This, by, hopefully by the end of this year. So we'll have another place to uh, spend spend money. Well, we'll oh, be, yeah. We'll be waiting to see what the uh, what the RFP responses are. It'll be it, that that'll be something that I think we'll we'll have a lot of uh, well, residents we, uh, listening. We have one response. We have one response. One. Even with the extension, Dave? Yes, just one response. Wow. And uh, it's 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 a similar type of situation as we've had with the past three. You know, Casper was the first where we paid a third party to manage it. Then we had Chef Allen, another third party management. And then we had Viva, the same thing, another third party. And then we had Morningstar that offered us the same deal. And and I stopped that, and now we're going to consider uh, another similar type of arrangement. Well, we'll be excited to hear it, Dave. Yeah. Hey, man, good well, to we'll talk, talk to you. Thank you, guys. Okay. Thanks Thanks for calling, Dave. Thank you. Yep. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, hey, I, don't, I don't care what anybody says. Dave's a good guy. He can be a real a-hole, and he admits it, but Dave's a good guy. Well, you know, here's the thing. He really is operating for the people of this community. It's the truth. They, they, You know, you may not like his style, but he's trying to do things that are going to benefit this community, mm-hmm. and he's trying to right some wrongs that were done by the previous board, and we we did beat that horse to death tonight. Yeah, um, really did. I'm so one more time, the policy changes. So one more time, let's uh, let's put it out there for calls. 484-668-1663. 484-668-1663. If anybody wants to call. 
But uh, I think it was a good show. Well, and you've already done your last long. word. You know, I have done my last. You've word. done your last word yeah. already. But it's. Uh, I, I think we had a, a good show. We're at about an hour and forty. I think. Hour forty five. Well, even? we we also had three meetings to cover. You yeah, know, we had, hour forty five. So it was extensive. Yeah, we got it done. And uh, next week we'll be able to go back to our regular time. Are Ted. you sure? Positive. Our last game is Tuesday. Okay. Then we're done. So Thursday at six forty five, we're back to normal time. Okay. So the week of the seventeenth, I'm going to be out of town again. Are you? Yeah, the whole week. Okay. Now I could call in, but. That I, I wouldn't be eh. able to be here. So yeah, we'll figure something out. It's time for a guest host, Jerry. Yeah, well, I I tried, and uh, you know, we'll figure something we out. We got to bring in a guest host. If you're okay. out there and you want to fill, that's my a spot, great idea. We've got. <laughs> Go ahead. If 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 you're out there listening or downloading, and you want to be the guest host, you want to come in and try and keep Jerry Gelliff from losing his mind. And uh, spewing obscenities, um, and you think you can do a better job than I do, which I'm sure there are people out there who can. Um, you should uh, let us know either uh, through the uh, through the Exeter Examiner website or through the various posts that we do uh, of the show when Jerry does his clips of the woman screaming. Um, uh, you know, give us give us a holler and say, look, I'd I'd really like to come in the week of May seventeenth, whatever night the uh, the show is, and uh, I'd like to give my opinions. Which again, it's all they are; they're just opinions. Yeah. So with that, I guess we are done. Thanks very much, everybody, for tuning in. It is very appreciated. And, you know, I think we will probably see you again next week. See you, talk to you, whatever, again next week with uh, more episode more number 11. 11. But, but please download. Yes. If, you, uh, if, you, if you wanted to share this with friends, download or point them to uh, the site and uh, get, us some, get us some more traffic. We appreciate that. Yep. Uh, and certainly, please comment on social media. You see us on the Exeter Examiner. You see us on Nextdoor, on Facebook. Uh, put some comments in there and uh, let us know. Yeah, absolutely do all of that and tell 10 friends and we'll grow this into uh, a real thing. But it'll you know? still be hyper-local. That's right. That's where I was going. This is hyper-local news and analysis for Exeter Township. It's all about Exeter Township. That's what this is is take note we're not talking about the war we're not talking about biden we're not talking about the threat of nuclear destruction we're talking about exeter near and dear to our hearts indeed and with that we will bid you adieu (laughs) is that over the top that was a little over the top okay all right good night folks Thank you for joining us for the Exeter Underground. Join us again next week for more news and analysis of all that is happening in Exeter. This has been a production of Jerry Gelliff Media. Uh-huh.